NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Here comes the leader off turn four, and the leader has taken the white flag. Austin Hill leads the field back to turn two. All by himself at the front of the field for Austin Hill off turn two and up the back straight away, looking to make history tonight here in Knoxville. And Carson Hosevar spins on the back stretch. Another truck does as well. Not going to matter. Off of turn number four, the checkered flag will wave. Knoxville's first NASCAR Camping World Truck Series winner is Austin Hill. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. The official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you for our weekly get together, a get together that is punctuated by a new first-time winner in 2021. Kurt Busch picked up the win over the weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway in the Quaker State 400. Kurt is going to join us following that big win at Atlanta, and that win put him into the playoffs, and it has shaken up the old playoff grid, as it were. Speaking of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, topic of conversation going into the weekend and coming out of the weekend is the announcement that Atlanta Motor Speedway is going to be repaved and reconfiguration. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of that. Over the weekend, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series raced at Knoxville Raceway. Austin Hill survived the mayhem at the end to take the checkered flag. He'll join us on the show today to talk about that. We're also going to touch base with Ryan Blaney's crew chief, Todd Gordon, as they get set to make a run into the playoffs here in about a handful of weeks and races. We'll also look ahead to this weekend's Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. But first, to get us started, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, defending Cup Series champion Chase Elliott is set for one of the busiest weeks of his career, beginning tonight, as Elliott will race a USAC midget at Red Dirt Raceway in Meekler, Oklahoma, and again Wednesday night at Solomon Valley Raceway in Kansas. The car Elliott will drive is owned by fellow Cup competitor and Cup Series rookie Chase Briscoe. 
Elliott will also compete in Saturday night's SRX finale at the Nashville Fairgrounds Raceway in Tennessee, where he will get to race against his father, Bill Elliott. Before heading to Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series, Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway in Loudoun, New Hampshire. One driver that will not be in New Hampshire is Junior Motorsports NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Michael Annette, who learned earlier this week that he has a stress fracture in his right femur. Annette will be replaced by Josh Berry for this Saturday's New Hampshire race, but Annette has been guaranteed a NASCAR medical waiver and will still be eligible to compete in the 12-driver playoffs when he returns if he remains in the top 20 in the championship standings, where he is currently 12. And Kyle Busch won his 102nd NASCAR Xfinity Series race of his career last Saturday in Atlanta, capturing the checkered flag in all five races that he competed in this season. Busch has long said that he would step away from racing in NASCAR's number two series once he reached the 100-win milestone. And following Saturday's race, all but confirmed it. This is it. You never say never, but um, this was the last one. So um, last scheduled run. We'll uh, hang it up and do something else on Saturdays. The NASCAR Xfinity Series is back on track Saturday in New Hampshire. Christopher Bell won the last time the series competed there in 2019. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll talk to the winner of Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series race in Atlanta, Kurt Busch. And later, we look at the changes coming to the surface at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Wheatland would like to congratulate Kurt Busch and his number one Chip Ganassi Racing Pit Crew for the win at Atlanta Motor Speedway. They are the Wheeland Pit Crew of the Week. Following the victory, Bush highlighted the importance of winning in the final season for Chip Ganassi. There's a more spirited effort now. And, you know, our win last year at Vegas was a, a long time ago. And so to update that and to make ourselves playoff eligible, it, uh, it's a huge feather in the cap for everybody that's part of that organization to keep pushing and to give our best all the way to Phoenix. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Over the weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series raced at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Quaker State 400 at day's end. Kurt Busch got the win and got a berth into the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Our Kim Kuhn had a chance to visit with Kurt earlier today. First off, Kurt, congratulations on that Atlanta win. Man, your energy after the race was infectious. One of my favorite victory lanes of this year. What was drawing out all that emotion from you? I, I Again, like it's so many different variables, reasons, and emotions. Just like you're saying, um, I, I guess the most important one is beating my little brother. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, and then just the strategy with, with our team, um, the way the car felt from lap five of the race, uh, it just was with me the whole time. Like, oh my, this car is, is stuck like glue. 
I've got to do my job. Uh, we had some pit stop sequences that held us up early, but then like everything just opened up and it was like our race to lose. And then when I was chasing down Kyle towards the end, I looked up ahead and I saw, Oh, there's my buddy Chastain. You know, I was like, I'm just going to pull out a uh, shake and bake. And it all just, everything just came together so beautifully that it's one of those wins that's hard to complain about. So you beat brother Kyle for the victory. How is beating him for a race win different than beating other drivers? Is it because he's your brother? Is it because of the caliber driver he is? Why is it maybe a little bit better beating him than other drivers? I, I think over the years, it's all added up to our relationship, um, being older and I guess somewhat wiser that we're trying to be. And just the challenge of, of beating one of the best in this sport. Um, and then, like, there's the funny part of, yeah, I taught Kyle everything he knows, you know. So I have a little bit of a one-up being the older brother. But at the same time, I still got to dig deep to push and to find uh, little tricks in the bag and to pull them out. And, and to pull them over him, it makes it even sweeter. And I think that's why he gets a little bit more agitated after these types of races where we're finishing one, two, because I feel like I have to outsmart him. I can't necessarily out drive him with lap time. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You've mentioned how during, you know, the pandemic era, you guys have spent maybe a little bit more time together. You traveled more often together to some other races. Do you think your relationship over the last year has evolved in any way? And if so, how? It's definitely drawn us closer together. Uh, it's easier to, for me, um, appreciate everything that we're doing uh, with top-level teams, winning races, uh, great sponsors, manufacturers, the whole thing. And then with little Brexton, my nephew, learning the craft of racing, it's neat to, um, to see him as a father and what COVID did is it just drew us all closer together. And so more travel time, uh, more jargon back and forth. But at the same time, we've always had that line of we're not sharing setups. I don't care what you have over there. You don't know what I have over here. And so there's um, that, that building block of, of respect that we still keep with each other. So let's go back to that race win. Why do you think that there's been so much focus on Ross giving you the preferred lane? I mean, from my perspective, isn't that what teammates are for? Like, why even have multiple car shops if people don't like to see that? Yeah, there's there's a hundred ways I can explain this. And Kyle could have easily drove to the low lane and drove right by Ross Chastain. I asked through my spotter for the low lane. Spotter said to Ross's spotter, hey, uh, Kurt wants the low lane, go high. Done. Uh, that's, that's what a teammate does. And I think it was the appropriate thing to do. Uh, we saw it earlier this year at Atlanta mm -hmm. when Logano was holding up Larson. And then that allowed Blaney to catch him. So it, it happens all the time. It's just how we all absorb it and what happens and the drama with it. But Chastain handled it like a true teammate and a true student. Mm -hmm. And when I pay him back, he'll receive it just the same way. He's a good kid. I like him. And I like our relationship that we have at Ganassi right now.
like I said, I love to see it because for me, that's what teammates are for. Do you think circumstantially that's a different discussion if it happens during the playoffs versus, you know, during the regular season? I, I think so. Um, you know, in the playoffs, everything is amped up. Uh, you have to really check all the different boxes as we're still racing at 180 miles an hour to know when to apply something like that. Let's get Ross in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, uh, then that's another guy that's on the same plateau. You know what I mean? Like we all have to be in the same box. And what I try to use as my MO or my cooth out on the racetrack is if you get eliminated in the playoffs, that changes your status. And so if you keep going, that, that means you've got different rank when you get towards the, the end of the playoff run and to get to that elite eight and then to the final four and then to a championship. So every, every little bit has its status. After you took the checker, as you said, one for the old guys. Now you are one of the older drivers in the field, but you're still working through your plans for the future. You still want to be racing. What kind of statement do you think this win makes on your behalf? I, I, it always just keeps coming back to like that giddy, happy, like Mark Martin style feel of I'm a racer and I just want to keep racing. And if that win helps move things forward and helps with a contract, so be it. But I think I've already proven that. And so to me, it's just wanting to race the next gen car. And I literally texted Mike Helton Jim France uh, and, and the whole gang at NASCAR. Hey, I want to stick around and drive your next gen car next year because I'm a racer. And they're like, we need you. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep having some fun. And so with the Ganassi sale and the contract and all this stuff, I, ah, it's crazy right now, but I just want to keep racing because I'm a racer. You mentioned the Ganassi sale. What did uh, that win mean for CGR knowing that this is their last year of competition in NASCAR. What was the sentiment like when you've been in the shop this week? It, it was a moment of there's no reason to look at like a, a leaky ceiling, you know, like if there was a, a drip coming out of the ceiling, like, whoa, what's that? Now it's all shored up. We're good to go. We're playoff bound. Let's get Chastain in the playoffs. And this is my responsibility. This is our responsibility of driving hard all the way into November. So playoff bound, you got your spot after that Atlanta win. What do you think CGR is capable of when we talk championship run strengths and then some improving you guys need to do as we work our way closer to the kickoff of the championship run? I mean, this whole week has been a game changer. When you're a winner now, uh, it makes you look at uh, other areas of the team and it makes you appreciate, though, like the quality areas that we have with the engine department's been super strong. The pit crew guys have been phenomenal. The arrow on the mile and a house has been great. I think we just still need to keep pushing, though, on um, the, the short track stuff, uh, the, the low arrow and the high horsepower type tracks. If we can improve on that area, we'll be all right through the playoffs. There's been a lot of talk about Hendrick being the standout organization this year. Do you feel like other teams, I'll throw you guys in the ring too, are finally catching up? You know, you have some, some information sharing with them, but will they still be the biggest competition come playoff time? Oh, for sure. Uh, right now, those guys, 
every week, you know, they just keep moving the bar up. And if anything that we can do to emulate what they're up to and what trends we're seeing, uh, we got to stick with that because that's going to help us succeed. We head to New Hampshire this weekend. You're a three-time winner there, but those wins came earlier in your career. So how do you feel like the track has changed over the years? What is making it challenging for you currently? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate the uh, the, the <laughs> statement of uh, that was way earlier in your career. I feel like uh, New Hampshire, I've always loved a loose race car there. I love mm -hmm. keeping it kind of like right on edge. And now with the tire grip level and the front slip angle of the tires, you got to get the front to turn. And so you can't hang it out as loose. And so I've got to adapt to that. Um, and it, it comes into play too on the refires with the restarts uh, towards the end of the race. So I've got to work on that. Um, and then ultimately though, what we try this weekend will then blend into uh, Phoenix in November. That is Kurt Busch and our Kim Kuhn. Speaking of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, a repave and a reconfiguration is on the way. When we come back, Kurt Becker will break that down for us and lots more still to come here on NASCAR Live. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday was the last time we'll see the Atlanta Motor Speedway as we know it. The track is going to undergo a reconfiguration and a repavement in the offseason. It'll be ready to go in 2022. Here with more on the changes and some driver reactions from this past weekend is our very own Kurt Becker. On Sunday afternoon, we said goodbye to Atlanta Motor Speedway as we know it. Speedway Motorsports announced last week that the mile-and-a-half track would be undergoing a resurfacing following 10 months of research, development, testing, and simulations. The reconfiguration will increase the current 24-degree banking in the turns to 28 degrees, higher than any other intermediate track on the current NASCAR circuit. As with any change in the sport, there are sure to be opinions throughout racing. Kyle Larson is among the drivers who believe that there should have been more input from the current series drivers. I don't know. I mean, I, I wish they would kind of talk to everybody about it. Um, I think a lot of us drivers were kind of caught off guard. I, I'd, I'd heard about it earlier this year um, about you know, the banking and stuff, but not the, the track width and things like that. But um, it's it also, I mean, it, yeah, we're we're gonna go put on a good show, whether no matter how the track is. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have more experience than the fans. I guess would be the argument that I would have. Um, you know, I've raced at hundreds of different racetracks, and I feel like we would have a better understanding of what really makes good racing. Um, but you know, fans like crashes and. A 40-foot wide surface is going to keep us tight together, so you know maybe that's going to accomplish the good racing that we 
think it is. The new Atlanta Motor Speedway will also introduce a narrower racing surface with an overall decrease in width from 55 feet to 40 feet. The new widths will be 52 feet on the front stretch, 42 feet on the back stretch, and 40 feet in the turns. Changes that also piqued Larson's interest. I typically, well, Texas is too wide, but I like a, a wider you know, racetrack where you can move around. So, I mean, 40 feet, I think they're going to 40 feet, and that just doesn't seem very wide to me. So, um, I know I know they're trying to accomplish, you know, like the, the drafting and stuff like that, <clears throat> but, um, you know, that's more than two car widths narrower. So it's a lot. Drivers aren't the only ones with opinions. Rodney Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick's number four Ford Mustang at Stuart Haas Racing, added his perspective on the upcoming changes to the speedway. Well, my opinion is it's going to make the racing horrible and it's going to be one lane and nobody's going to pass anybody. Um, but, you know, that, that, that part sucks. But uh, Atlanta is one of the last racetracks that we have with a surface like that. Uh, that you can run up against the fence or you can run on the bottom, you can run through the middle one and two. You had so many options and, um, you know, even though it was a racetrack that had so many options and, and um, what old school racers would call, you know, good racing, a lot of people thought that those races down there became boring because the runs are really long, they get spread out, the cars that are good on long runs just, you know, drive away from the field and, and all those things. So. Yeah, I mean, new pavement, um, you know, the next-gen car with having less downforce. I mean, you're going to run wide open all the way around. It's going to be like racing at Talladega, and, um, you know, you'll be drafting a lot and, and kind of be, you know, kind of become a speedway race in a way. So, you know, the cars uh, will stay tightly packed together, probably more wrecks and, and all those things that it seems everybody wants to see these, these days. So, um, you know, that's... That's kind of the way I see it. If you put more banking in it and make it narrower, it's going to be one lane. And, you know, it's kind of how the new asphalt tracks are anyway. The current asphalt at Atlanta is the oldest racing surface on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit this season. Since its last repave in 1997, Atlanta Motor Speedway has played host to 38 NASCAR Cup Series races, 24 NASCAR Xfinity Series races, 20 Camping World Truck Series events, along with races in the Arkham Menard Series and IndyCar Series. Kurt Busch, now a four-time winner at Atlanta following his victory on Sunday, could be seen as someone who will miss the current configuration. Bush reflected on his successful career at the track. Yeah, I, I came into this weekend respecting the racetrack more than, than I ever have. You know, Atlanta Motor Speedway is one of the top tracks for all the drivers based off of how we're able to slide the car through the corners and choose which lane we want to race in. And, you know, it, it, like a raceability factor. Atlanta Motor Speedway was always at the top of the list. And I came in to respect her surface and to ask her for the right amount of grip today. And I could feel it. I could feel like she was helping me pull through and come out on top. I really wanted to win this last race on the old surface. I was pushing hard and I'm really happy for our gear wrench team to win this last race here. Track will go through a facelift. You know, it's going to have a lot of new feel and a lot of new action next year. But this was uh, the last uh, little bit of the old school. And I'm glad uh, an older, older guy won the race today. Construction is slated to begin this week with the next generation of Atlanta Motor Speedway making its debut in 2022 alongside NASCAR's next-gen car. 
Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, Austin Hill will join us. And later, a conversation with Ryan Blaney's crew chief, Todd Gordon. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. So glad you're with us on this week's NASCAR Live. NASCAR made its debut at the dirt track in Knoxville, Iowa this past weekend with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series taking to that dirt for the second time this season. The first was at Bristol in the spring and now Knoxville smack dab in the middle of the summer. Austin Hill became the inaugural winner of the event over the weekend in Iowa and our Woody Kane sat down with Hill following that victory. Austin Hill joins us now. He drives the number 16 Toyota Tundras for Hattori Racing Enterprises. And I know this is going to make him smile. The winner on Knoxville at dirt. Austin, you always said I'm not a dirt guy. And here you go and you win one. Or should I say you survived it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a wild race. It was one of those things that you definitely had to be there at the end to, to win it. And um you know, we stayed out of all the mess, all the melee, everything that happened. Um, but we also had a really fast Toyota Tundra. Um, you know, we worked our way methodically throughout the race, back up into the top 10 and then into the top five. And then uh, when it came down to the end, we were right there battling for the win. So, um, you know, everything just kind of worked out our way. Um, you know, it, it's hard to win these uh, NASCAR truck races as it is, but um, especially at a place on dirt that, uh, if you would have told me that that I was going to win on a on a dirt track, I would have told you you're crazy. So uh, to to you know get my first win of the season on dirt, um, you know I'm still still trying to process it all and just trying to you know it, it's kind of surreal that that we won on dirt. So uh, it's pretty crazy. Now, did you grab a little handful of dirt to take with you when you left? Uh, there was plenty of dirt on the truck uh, <laughs> after the race, so uh, we actually got a big chunk and it's on sitting on the back of uh of the truck that uh, on the trophy that we won so uh, it's sitting on the back of that that truck that was built so uh it, it looks pretty cool that's awesome what's uh what's the most challenging part from a fish out of water perspective of an asphalt guy trying to get the hang of dirt what what takes you the longest to get the hang of doing that uh, i think the biggest thing is you know, you, you kind of approach each the corners differently and you, you look for moisture and all those things. And I think the biggest thing that helped me throughout the race is early in the race, it seemed like that outside lane was kind of where you wanted to be. Uh, and I really couldn't figure it out much. I mean, we ran inside the top 10 or so uh, whenever it was up top. But then whenever it migrated to the bottom, that's kind of where um, I started figuring things out. Um, seemed like you almost wanted to run it kind of like an asphalt track almost you wanted to enter very straight and you didn't really want to you know pitch it out too much and, and get it on the right rear too hard um you know and, and then when you put throttle down you wanted to keep the truck nice and straight up off the corner you didn't really want to have it hung out and spinning tires um so i think it kind of just kind of worked into my advantage at the end of the race it kind of turned into a a racetrack where tire wear was big um after stage two i had pretty much uh, balled the um, right rear tire. So, um, you know, after stage two, going into stage three, me and Scott, we kind of, we talked a little bit. We we kind of had a game plan going into stage three that we didn't want to push too hard, um, but we didn't want to give up, you know, any position either. So we pushed just hard enough, and with about 20 to go, he's like, all right, give me all you got. 
Um, we had we had a little more tire than everybody else did with that right rear tire, I felt like. And that's kind of one of the things that kind of propelled us and got us up to the front. Um, and then also using that berm on the inside lane, we I kind of used that to my advantage. I, those things I was doing uh, with the inside berm that that really seemed to help me. So it just kind of all fell into play. And um, it, it was something that I'm going to definitely cherish for a long time. You mentioned Scott Zipidelli, your crew chief. I know you and he both kind of breathed a sigh of relief now to get that win under your belt here as we look toward playoff time. Even though you have a break before we get to the regular season finale, what kinds of things does that do for you mentally to allow you to prepare? You don't have many races left to prepare, but you've been through this before. What does that mean for you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, it just gives everybody at HRE and the whole organization a ton of confidence going forward. Um, you know, and, and with us having these three weeks off, with, with a team like us that that could use the weeks off to kind of get back ahead of things. I'm not going to say that we were behind by any means, but uh, it just it kind of gives my guys a little bit of time to relax a little bit, uh, maybe look at some stuff that we might, um, you know, think we could be better at in some certain areas. So I think for, for HRE and, and our organization in particular, I think that these three weeks off actually helps us a lot. Um, my guys have put in a ton of hours, um, you know, preparing for these these last couple races. And I think it just kind of lets everybody reset, kind of relax. Uh, it gives us, like I said, these three weeks to kind of prepare for this, you know, playoff stint that we're going to have coming up. And um, I think it just kind of gives us that win, gives us a ton of confidence going forward. You know, when, when you're not winning races and you're running decent and you're, you don't feel like you're running the best that you should be running. Um, you know, it kind of takes a toll on you a little bit. You start second guessing things, you start trying different setups, you start doing all these different things. And me and Scott actually talked um, for about two to two and a half hours uh, before going to Knoxville. And when we left that meeting, we kind of ended on the, uh, the meeting saying, look, let's just kind of relax. Let's reset and let's go do what we do best. And that's run up front and contend for wins. And we went out there with a, with a mindset that we didn't really, you know, care too much. And it was just kind of, you know, go out there, do your thing. And if, if the wind comes great, if it don't, it just wasn't meant to be. And, and, you know, we kind of had that, that attitude going into it and um, throughout the race, um, you know, we just never gave up. And that's one thing that this team does is we just don't give up each and every week. And even when we think we're down and out, we just, we keep digging deeper until the end. So that was kind of one of the, the things that, happened throughout that race as we persevered and even when we thought we were down and out we just kept digging you mentioned three weeks off and your team has a little opportunity to relax now how about you what are you going to do to blow off some steam and get away from it all or are you one of these guys who's going to go look for a race every other day nah so um you know i'll still be in the gym working out at toyota um i'm going to actually be going to the uh, toyota sim tomorrow do some sim stuff to get ready for Watkins Glen and, and maybe do a little bit of gateway stuff so um, you know, I'm still going to be doing all those things. Um, also going to take a, a week long, uh, vacation here in about a week with the family, uh, with the wife and two kids. So, uh, that'll be good to just kind of go down to Myrtle beach, Myrtle's inlet area, and just kind of relax a little bit and spend some time with the family and, um, you know, just kind of reset and get ready for the playoffs. Cause once the playoffs starts, it's going to be each and every day and each and every week, you're just trying to do everything you can to be that much better, um, you know, in the race car and, and just trying to find that little edge over your competitors. So uh, when the playoffs start, it's going to be all 
all game time then. So um, it, it'll be good to have these couple weeks off to just kind of relax a little. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, Todd Gordon will join us. And later, we'll preview this weekend's racing action at New Hampshire. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Todd Gordon is set to step away from the pit box following the conclusion of this NASCAR Cup Series season. He caught up with our Steve Post to discuss that decision to walk away. And what's next for Todd? About 10 days ago, you kind of turned us all on our ear by announcing your retirement effective at the end of the year. Um, the decision to get there, Todd, how did, how did we arrive at that? Yeah, I don't know if a retirement's quite the right word, but uh, definitely stepping off the box and and, and, and away from the competition side of, of racing. And um, it just, uh, you know, 23 years down here um, uh, racing and, and 10 years here at, at Team Penske. And, you know, I've been blessed with a lot of opportunities to, to work with great people and great drivers. And, um, you know, I've, I've had a great run and, and it's just a, uh, I've got a, uh, you know, this, this, this whole COVID pandemic, I think it, it brought all of us to the point where we got a little better realization of things. We, we had to step back and, and take a little bit of time to, to pause. And, and in that pause, you know, you realize how important, you know, family members are. And, and it, it my, both my daughters were home and, and doing school online and um, working from home as, as much as we could and here in the shop too, but, but having more time there. And um, you realize how much of your life they've missed and, and want to take the time, you know, fortunate to be in the position I'm in right now. And, um, you know, want to take the time to, to be able to, to, to do some other things and do some family things and, um, see where that takes us. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's been a great run and I look forward to closing out the season with Ryan and, and, and seeing what we can do and, and trying to get to Phoenix to, to compete for another championship. That's, uh, that's the ultimate goal. And, and I think the kids got, got the talent to do it. We just, uh, We've got to keep working on our programs here at Team Penske, and we're working pretty hard at that right now. With MRN, we have some off weekends with PRN. And my biggest fear is don't give me too many of those off weekends because I may enjoy it. That, that sounds like similar to what you, what you had with COVID was spending some more, more quality time at home. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. To, you, know, you realize the sacrifices that your family's made. Uh, for you to, to to explore the path that 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 have been on, and you know, it's uh, I've I've been blessed with great opportunities and great people, and uh, you know, working for Roger Penske is is the epitome of it, and and uh, you know, it's it's been an awesome run, and um, you know, when 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 he and I talked about this, it, you know, he wanted to know what I was going to do. I said I he wanted to know if I was going to race again, and I said if I'm going to be in racing, I'll I'll be here. It's uh, this this is the best place I can think of to to be, and. Um, I just don't, you know, it's, it, you are, you're in the grind. You're, you've got blinders on, you're, you're straight down the road and trying to figure out, you know, how to be better next weekend. That's, that's, you know, you come back from a race on Sunday and Monday, you, you, you debrief that one. So you've got better notes of where you can come back next time. And, and you're focused straight forward on what you got to do for the following week. So um, it's, it's been a great run and just one that uh, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to have a little bit of time to, to just relax with, with, with my wife, who's, who's been very tolerant of my, my passion and my path and, um, and my kids as well. I've got a, a you know, 20 year old and 16 year old and, um, look to, look to enjoy some time with them. Yeah, no doubt. It is cool. As a, as a, a father of uh, college age kids and older teens, it is, it's a, it's a wonderful time. They're, they're, they're just wonderful to be with. When, when I look at this, Todd, um, 23 wins, a Cup Series championship, working for Team Penske. I know that's a lot to give up, but 
was there something about this that might have been a little easier because you had achieved the success? And I, I, I've often said this, that if the MRM radio has been my dream job since I first heard racing on the radio, and mm-hmm. if someone came to me and said it was all over, I, I think there's got to be some consolation, the fact that I made it to where I wanted to go. Is, is that the case for you in this decision process as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I got I got to work for Roger Penske and Dean Penske, you know, it's a, and and won a championship for him, and it's a um, you know great great run with Joey, and 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 it's been a continuation here with, with Ryan, and um, just uh, you know great sponsors and great friends within the sponsorship group of, of of Team Penske, and you know it's 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 awesome people to represent, and and it's been a great run, and but to your point, I won a championship, I'd love to run, win another one, but I I also you only get, you only get one life and you know, you, you can spend it all trying to chase a second championship or trying to chase something else. But, uh, some point you, you kind of reflect back and, and say, you know, what's important to me. And, and, um, I need to make a priority on a family. That's, 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 that's what drove me to, to, to make this, this step aside and, and figure out what happens next. We clear Atlanta, we go to New Hampshire, and then a rarity in the NASCAR world, two off weekends. Um, I think we had it scheduled last year. I'm not sure we got there with all the COVID changes and everything, but what are two off weekends going to be like for you guys, for Team Penske? What's what's that going to be like? Yeah, actually, I've asked the guys to go ahead and, you know, we're, we're take a little vacation and and yeah. and even even a lot of my guys that, that on this 12 team that, you know, have been with with me since, since I started here, uh, a lot of this group's been, I mean, they've been here seven, eight years and several of them been here much longer than that. Um, so they've got, they've got vacation time accrued and I, I kind of suggested it might be worth taking a little bit here. Cause, uh, cause we get the off season turning, turning the, the everything around to re refab for the, the new car. I think we'll be, there'll be a lot of work to do in the off season. So, um, you know, take a little bit of a breather and, and, and enjoy a couple weeks and, and coming back to, to Watkins Glen and, and Andy, a couple of road course races afterwards. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have some time off for the guys and just a refresher and, you know, enjoy the family. That's, that's the biggest thing. I think, uh, you know, in, in, in my situation, I'm, 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 I'm wanting that. And, and that's part of what my decision was and, um, trying to make sure these guys, you know, we, we need to take a at least take a the race team guys the guys that are traveling every weekend need to take a breath and enjoy a little time with the families there and in one of the weeks there and um, then we'll get come back and, and be focused on you know you've got you've got to run to the playoffs and it's what four races and then we get to get to the playoffs and you got time to go so um, it'd be a good rejuvenation for everybody and then uh, and off to focus back to finish the season off strong. Check out the full interview on MRN Crew Call wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, a look at this upcoming racing weekend at New Hampshire and later this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We're off to New Hampshire this weekend, but after that, it's going to be a two-week break for the NASCAR Cup Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. But what can we expect in New Hampshire before that two-week break? Here's a preview of the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 race weekend. Almost one year ago, Brad Keselowski dominated at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, leading 184 of the 301 laps to take the trophy and serve notice that he'd be a factor in the championship battle. I mean, just <laughs> a great car 
and a great team effort. Uh, I was able to get in a really good rhythm at certain points in the race and just kind of take control. And that felt uh, that felt really good. It's a, you know, first kind of, it's our third win of the year, but first kind of win where we've just kind of been able to take control of the race. And gosh, that feels good. I feel so good. This season, a different set of players are in the hunt. Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., and Alex Bowman have won 10 of the 21 races so far. And while Larson missed last year's event at Loudoun, he feels good about returning. I've always enjoyed going to, to Loudoun. I mean, it's not been one of my, my favorite tracks or my best tracks, but I do enjoy going there because it's different. Um, it kind of reminds me of a, of a longer, bigger IRP. Uh, the way you race it and stuff, and um, I think the, the PJ1 application there is, is really good, at least when I ran there. Uh, you know, usually by the last couple runs of the race, it's finally started to wear out, and you know the lanes are, are, are adjusting, and you got to keep up with that. So um, it's definitely a tough place, though, and, and you know, the Gibbs guys have been very good there for a long time. Um, but you know, hopefully we've, we've learned a lot on our short track stuff to go there and, and be strong. His teammate, William Byron, has a win to his credit and only three drivers have scored more points in 2021. He hopes the chemistry between he and crew chief Rudy Fugel continues in New England, where the duo won a truck race from the pole in 2016. Yeah, New Hampshire's really difficult. I, I feel like it's a, it's a track historically that, you know, the, the veteran guys and the really good teams do well well on it's it's just a tough racetrack so we've got to have a lot of grip in our race car and um it's honestly one of the tracks that rudy and i have done the best at in the past with the truck series so we've got some testing notes there we know what works well we know what what the car needs to do so i'm, I'm honestly pretty excited about new hampshire um definitely one of those tracks that rudy and i are looking forward to getting to chase briscoe has less confidence heading to new hampshire mainly due to a lack of laps at the magic mile but He's got some ideas. I've only been there twice, once in the truck and once in the Xfinity car. And, you know, it's definitely, I wouldn't say my favorite racetrack, but I don't have a lot of experience there either. So uh, I don't I don't really know what to expect going into that weekend. You know, that's one that I would obviously love to have some practice at just to get more laps just because it's been over two years since I've even raced there. So I'm sure that'll be a little bit of a challenge, but, you know, I am excited that that's a 750 race. It's one of the low down force races. And I feel like as a company, that's kind of where we're better right now. And, and as a driver, I just enjoy going and running the, the low downforce, high horsepower stuff more. It reminds me a lot more of the Xfinity car. This is easier for me to kind of translate over from the last couple of years. So, yeah, New Hampshire, I think it's always tough just because from a balance standpoint, you got to be free enough to roll the, through the corner, uh, but you can't be too loose in, at least from what little experience I have there. So uh, it'll definitely be a challenge going up there. Um, and, and one I'm really looking forward to. Whoever leaves with the Lobster Prize on Sunday will carry some momentum into a two-week Olympic break and then the four-race dash to the end of the regular season. Coming up, another edition of This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's that time of the week again, folks. Susie Armstrong has arrived on the scene with another dose of This Week in NASCAR History. Susie? Thanks, Mike. 1995, TLC cascaded to number one with the mega hit Waterfalls. 
Bill Gates climbed to the top of the Forbes Richest Man in the World ranking, sporting a net worth of over $12.9 billion. Spanish sensation Enrique Iglesias crooned a collection of light rock ballads for his first album release. And Dale Jarrett was the star at the Tricky Triangle, driving the number 28 Texaco Haviland Ford to victory in the Miller Genuine Draft 500 at Pocono Raceway. In 2001, Blue Cantrell's debut album had Hit 'Em Up Style rising rapidly on the Billboard charts to number two. Sam Neill returned to the silver screen, only to run for his life yet again in Jurassic Park 3. Ricky Gervais and Martin Freeman bantered around the water cooler as mockumentary sitcom The Office debuted on BBC Two, launching the international franchise that landed on U.S. shores in 2005. And Kevin Harvick was the first to arrive in Chicagoland Speedway's Victory Lane, leading 113 laps in the black Goodrich Chevrolet to win the Tropicana 400. Last time down the back stretch and into turn three, Kevin Harvick, who had bad luck in yesterday's Bush race, but a great car in today's cup race. Kevin Harvick leads the field off of turn four. Kevin Harvick will get the honor of being the first winner at the new Chicagoland Speedway. He's going to win the Tropicana 400. Robert Presley gets his career best finish. Coming in second, Ricky Rudd is third. Mariah Carey redefined her five-octave voice with the chart-topping ballad, We Belong Together. J.K. Rowling's word sorcery was as strong as ever as Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince sold 9 million copies in 24 hours. Divorce mediators Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn pop into theaters as Wedding Crashers opens nationwide. And Tony Stewart decided to drop by Victory Lane in the Granite State, dominating the New England 300 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. down the back straightaway, sees Kurt Busch in the rearview mirror, but he's not close enough to make the charge, but Busch will charge hard into the corner, up into the outside lane, slides it wide, but it's not good enough. 
Tony Stewart, a late bloomer in 2005. He waited till June to win an Infineon. He won at Daytona, and he wins today at New Hampshire International Speedway in the New England 300, just as the rain starts to fall yet again. Tony Stewart, the dominant factor all day long, picking up today the win in the New England 300. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Also, our thanks to Kurt Busch, Austin Hill, and Todd Gordon for joining us this week. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you as well. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrion and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.